Ladies and gentlemen, tonight is a truly momentous day. For the first time I attend these conferences, we are on time. Thank you to everybody. And it's a momentous day for a second reason, which is that shortly we will have the pleasure of honoring a truly exceptional personality, a great friend, and a great contributor to Greek shipping, our friend Tassos. Now, <clears throat> I will talk to you very briefly about some of the issues which have been discussed, but slightly colored from the European perspective. I'm sure you all know that we have a new commission. This new commission is, of course, very highly political. It's strongly opinionated and has made the environment rightly or less rightly its main political statement. Uh, of course, there are reasons for this. The president of the commission has been elected and has been confirmed with the votes of the Green Parties. The Green Parties are on the strong rise everywhere in Europe. So part of this propensity to the environmental agenda is easily understandable. What is less understandable and very challenging for shipping are the instructions which the new European president has issued to the transport commissioner. Now, the first transport commissioner has been disqualified from taking office due to some unfortunate circumstances, but there will obviously be a new commissioner. And those of us who have read the instructions of uh, Madame van der Leyen have not failed to notice that her first instruction to the Commissioner of Transport is make sure that you include immediately shipping into the ETS regime. Now, I need not tell you that ETS is an anathema for shipping. We have been fighting against it for years. We have managed to postpone European unilateral decisions and have sent the case to the IMO, so it is extremely worrying and extremely unfortunate that the new president starts his service with his very bold and very unwelcome statement. The second thing is that we all have been dealing with environmental issues and everyone has his environmental agenda. And by the way, the European shipping organizations and EXA in particular do have a plan. We will pronounce and make public a green plan by December. But I'm sure you will not fail to notice that the environmental discussion all over the world has left any meritorious consideration, has left any scientific consideration and has entered entirely into politics and perhaps one might say into a hysteria. It is very difficult therefore to make sense about what is really happening, what are the steps that are undertaken, what are the studies that are undertaken. Everyone is hysterical about the natural catastrophes and whilst of course great concern must be the order of the day for every one of us, Hysterics are not helpful 
in determining the way ahead. Shipping in its own small world has a particular difficulty. Our lot here and everyone else in shipping tend to be either scientists or engineers or captains or operational people, but generally people who would like to know what they're talking about. We cannot say the same about politicians or environmentalists. For them, it is very easy to concoct um, theories, beautiful predictions or catastrophic predictions, as the case may be. And it is very difficult for somebody who knows what he's talking about to face up to somebody who does not know, who, know who, what he's talking about. Shipping, we, our children, our colleagues, our captains will be around next year, in 10 years, in 20 years, and in 30 years. All these politicians will be gone by tomorrow, of course replaced by other politicians, but it costs them nothing to promise the moon to their voters. So that is a problem. To recap this point, shipping must be proactive, must have an agenda, must produce a green plan, but unfortunately we cannot go into the hysterical political undertones which govern the agenda today. Sulfur 2020, we hear a lot of things. Unfortunately, the debate has slided from a debate on the problems and the challenges that the new fuels are posing, challenges about safety of fuels, availability and forcibility, compatibility, specifications, etc., etc. And he has, it has simply slided into a discussion, into a fight, I must say, between scrubber friends and scrubber enemies. I think this is a nonsensical discussion. I, for once, happen to think that scrubbers are a very good thing. There is no question from the scientific point of view that scrubbers cause much, much, much less harm than emitting all the sulfur into the atmosphere, and anyone who tells you differently talks nonsense. An easy, very useful political toy so that politicians can talk about different things, find new subjects to talk about, and also many friends and colleagues, even in high places, who just simply don't want to install scrubbers, um, are sort of bad-mouthing them in all different ways. They are bad, they pollute, they will have no fuel to burn, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, this is an unfortunate debate, and I think we had all better leave it to the IMO to resolve the issue, as I'm sure it will do once it has received all the necessary scientific evidence about whether scrubbers are harmful or not. Further difficulties are ahead of us. Some of them are the same ones as, as the previous ones. I thought, and we thought, many of us had thought that the big problem of regional versus international regulations had finally sort of been solved and all the issues have been or would have been or, or, or will be 
referred to to the IMO as the global international regulator. We see again in Europe, unfortunately, that politicians, the new parliament, and I fear very much also the new commission, does not agree with this. And they combine the reasons why regional regulations are a good thing with all sorts of imaginary dreams they have that in this way Europe will excel, Europe, Europe will stand out as a progressive group of nations, and all sorts of other nonsenses without considering that if we have a regional regulation in every part of the world, very soon shipping will be in really deep trouble. Another issue which is luckily not in danger from the point of view of the Commission, although there are some slight worries there, but on the whole the concept is intact, are the state aid guidelines. What do we see today? We see a lot of organizations of European-based interests, like makers and producers of machinery and equipment, like yards, who fire directly against the state aid guidelines, threatening to, threatening to propagate against them in case these are not made conditional on ship owners building ships in Europe or buying European equipment. Now, I've never heard a crazier thing than this. If that were to happen, it would be the death penalty to European shipping. And the state aid guidelines are absolutely essential to continue in order to have a healthy and thriving European fleet. Which European fleet, I must say, despite the state aid guidelines, is steadily over the years falling behind the world fleet. For every three ships that the world fleet is growing, only one is registered under a European flag. So as time goes by, the other fleets are growing and the European fleets are shrinking. And the politicians should really think very much and very careful about this. We hear a lot of other crazy ideas. One of the crazy idea, ideas is this Poseidon issue. If I understand this correctly, the banks say we will lend you money if you have an environmental policy which we will approve. Okay, that's not, that's not too bad. But then I would like to also have a say on whether all these banks will finance drug trafficking, money laundering, weapons deals. If they do this so that a poor citizen like me is also happy and satisfied that they do their business and I can interfere in their business, then they should also interfere in our business. Frankly, I cannot understand a word of what this new idea is. I'm finishing with a famous issue which was discussed before in an eloquent form of speed reduction. 
Yes, uh, Philip is right and George is right and very few people, very few people raised this issue maybe two, three years ago. At that time, no one was discussing about it. And we can talk about the merits or not, but the simple and the best proof that there is merit in this discussion is that are you hearing all these crazy things that we heard two years ago that hydrogen is around the corner, tomorrow we will have it on the ships, biofuels is the solution, in, in three years we will have everything solved. Nobody speaks about this anymore. Why? Or the other discussion, yes, we can improve the propellers, we can improve the engines, we can improve the hulls, we can do all sorts of things. The last thing we all know is very, very close to its limits. Hydrogen will take ages until it becomes commercially viable for large ships and long distance ships. Uh, biofuels, well, I, I, I'm not an expert in this, but I think it will take a very long time until we hear back from them. LNG, which is much talked about, don't forget that this is also a carbon fuel, and it cannot even meet the targets for the medium term of 2030. So what is producing big savings? Clearly, reduction of speed. And in order to have a, let's say, a veil in front of us, a feredze, as we call it in Greek and Turkish, we talk about an improved EDI, an improved SMP, um, a reduction, uh, regulation of the engine and the regulation of the power and the consumption uh, will be limited and so on. Of course, these are all ending up and they are describing simply a reduction in speed, but of course each particular, um, let's say, expression hides behind the interests of special groups and special type of businesses and owners, but let's face it, it all boils down to speed reduction, that's what it is. Um, George tried to explain this on a numerical article. Uh, maybe I can put it in a somewhat more uh, elaborate way. As we all know, I'm, I'm sure 99% of this room knows it, the relation between speed and consumption and therefore speed and, and emissions uh, goes to the cube of its proportion. But we must regress from the cube to the square because obviously by reducing speed we need a prorata longer time to actually achieve the voyage. So that's why if you reduce speed by 20%, you reduce easily your reduction by 44%. So I think also the IMO, while still considering and give, considering various options and giving the owners as, um, as um, they the committee has variously said, and the general secretary also has variously said, whilst they will give the owners the choice of choosing a particular way of dealing with this problem, but also there is no hiding that what at the end of the day they are speaking is actually limiting the speed. And I heard today, Philip, uh, you did not mention this, I hope it's not a, it's not a confidential uh, information that we heard today that what, MERSC, MERSC 
the world's biggest company, the world's company with the fastest ships, and the world's company with the most polluting ships has finally declared that it finds speed limitation and good idea. Is that it, Philip? Did I understand it correctly? That's what it is. So, the, the idea is gaining traction, the argument is gaining traction, and frankly, there is nothing more efficient and powerful to reduce greenhouse emissions today and wait for science to take its gestation time to produce solutions maybe in 10 years or, or more. Ladies and gentlemen, this is all I propose to say. If there are any questions, I will be happy to take them. Otherwise, I will just finish here and we can then pass to a happy occasion as I indicated at the beginning of my speech. So, thank you very much. Mr. Minister, I forgot to greet you. Welcome. So, thank you very much. George, I think, wants to say something. George? Shall I close mine? I don't know. Yes, yes. Now it's working. Uh, uh, my friend Panos, the reason I'm saying horsepower reduction is to be fair to the owners of younger ships yeah, okay. versus, of course, it is speed reduction. But in order to be accepted by everybody and nobody to have arguments why three uh, knots, four knots, and we play Kolokithia, we reduce the horsepower installed by a percentage and the young ship remains more advantageous than the old ship. Otherwise, very correct, is a speed reduction. Thank I you. I fully agree and of course uh, we all know that this is already happening in many ships. For example, to meet uh, the dubious standards of ride ships, for example, and, and it's already happening. So, thank you very much once again, ladies and gentlemen.